Blog Talk Radio.
on the other hand, too, because my my blessed Uncle Louie has passed away, and I loved him very, very, very much. And uh, I just want to ask you to pray for us as we're uh, very traumatized by his passing, even though he was 88. You think they're going to live forever, but all he wanted to do was go be with his uh, his beloved wife, Catherine Flynn Simpson. And uh, he believed in God, and um, we believe that he's also in heaven with her. And uh, may he rest in peace, and thank you for listening, and please pray for our family. I'm your uh, host and friend, Reverend Sean McCain. I'd like to welcome listeners to Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday was created to focus on the sentence that Sunday is a special day to set aside some time for spiritual focus, meditation, and prayer. All faiths are welcome. Personally, I'm a Christian in recovery, and all Bible readings uh, will be out of the Ryrie Study Bible that I found, but you may use any Bible you wish. I have also had many spiritual experiences, and from time to time I read out of my book that I wrote about it, and uh, in gratitude for just God's blessings upon us the many, many, many times that he's forgiven and blessed us. We just have ongoing Bible readings every Sunday, and we're working our way straight through the New Testament. Anyway, we're just focused on being our real selves and just carrying the message, and that's it. We don't have any axe to grind, and we don't have anything to profess except our love for Jesus Christ, our God. Uh, Let's see. Sacred Sunday uh, airs every Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So let's open uh, with our opening prayer, and uh, let's all say together as we bow our heads. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In the Father's Son, the Holy Spirit. We also pray for all those Christians being persecuted worldwide just for being Christians. Their freedoms to worship and lives are in great jeopardy. And those whose lives are taken for distorted and evil reasons, we believe, have become martyrs. We also pray for all those suffering from violence here at home and abroad. We pray for those who are sick in mind and body and those who are lonely and uncomforted. Please, God, forgive us our sins. We pray for suffering from domestic violence in our own homes. And we also pray for freedom from addiction of any kinds and all kinds. Please, God, send your Archangel Michael to fight against evil and protect all your suffering servants. And also help us to go about each day and learn what we will and what we need to do. Please protect everyone that can't speak for themselves, including the animals that can't speak for themselves, that they have mercy. We also pray for the wisdom of our president and the rest of our policymakers. We have many decisions to make, and we are praying for all countries of problems for suffering all over the world. Thank you, God. Amen. We also ask Jesus to bless us and help us grow under his care and learn by his example to be better people. We keep everybody and their families in our prayers. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay, we only had a couple birthdays this morning. Happy birthday to everybody out there that's listening. I wish you a very happy and blessed day and also a very prosperous year again. And uh, it'll be a great year. Just think positive and keep keep praying every day before you hit the door and as you go to work and as you go to school. 
just pray to God to give you that strength. And uh, if you have any special announcement you'd like me to say on air, just email me or contact me on Facebook. It's real easy. Charlene Simpson McCain and uh, friend me and uh, I'll get the prayers up and do it the next week. So now we're today we're reading uh, Corinthians chapter 12 and Paul's going to be discussing about um, our uh, our spiritual gifts and uh, we're going to read that in just in a minute. But I'd like to read uh, our uh, Schmoop update and summary for chapter 11 for last week. And uh, remember, now this, I had a little problem with this uh, particular chapter. I humbly uh, bow my head and, uh, you know, to God anyway, but uh, this was 2,000 years ago as it was written. And uh, I just have to be uh, tolerant and open-minded and just read it as it says. So uh, it was about uh, Paul had advice for women and that women were supposed to keep, keep their heads covered in church. And why? Well, Paul was glad you asked. See, Christ is the head of every man and the husband is the head of his wife. Get it? No. Well, women should wear veils when they prophesy or pray. It's pretty disgraceful not to. A lady might as well have shaved her head while she's at it. Uh-oh, Sunil O'Connor is in trouble. Anyway, see, this is not my personal opinion. This is Paul's opinion, okay? Anyway, guys, on the other hand, shouldn't wear anything on their heads. That's because they're made in the image of God. And then we're going, huh? Anyway, see, it all goes back to Genesis. God made Adam in his image, and then like a whole paragraph later, made Eve from his rib. It is a very important distinction. <laughs> Don't get Paul wrong. Men and women really need each other. In fact, you might even say that Eve is, was created using Adam's rib, but every other man on the face of the earth has been created using a, a woman's womb. So say thank you to your mother, okay? And be sure to call her. Anyway, Paul finishes up by explaining that all of this is just natural. Guys have short hair, girls have long hair. Well, you know, anyway. Guys let it all hang out, girls keep it covered. Obviously, Paul never listened to be free, be free to be you and me. Anyway, communal problems were also in that chapter. Okay, so now Paul moves into other pressing worship issues. What's the deal with communion in Corinth? Anyway, he said he's been hearing some rumors and really bad ones. And it seems that the church gets together to eat, people are not sharing, and wow. Anyway, some rich people eat a whole fancy meal, and the poor people don't get anything, and they're left out. That reminds me of that Joni Mitchell song, The Bones. Anyway, this sucks. Paul's pretty ticked about it, too. Seriously, Corinthians, have you ever heard of eating at home? And why would you guys get together to celebrate Christ and act like selfish jerks? That's not cool. Paul explains how he taught them to celebrate the Eucharist meal, and they're most definitely not living up to his standards. In fact, they're making things worse for themselves. Jesus knows how they're acting, and they're going to have to answer for it, unless they straighten up. Anyway, Paul's advice, try waiting until everyone gets there to start the meal. If you're so hungry that you have to gorge yourself in front of everybody else, have a snack before you come. Seriously, sharing is caring. So that's the summary of last week. It's uh, been, you know, kind of a hectic week here. And uh, we just have to remember, to me, it was reminding me to be polite in front of others. That's all. If you're a Christian and say you are, uh, just act like one. And, you know, if you're too hungry, eat at home 
And uh, you know how we always start starving all day just so we can go out to dinner. Well, if you're with church people and you're at church, just be a good example and eat politely. And you better have a meal before you go. That's my advice. Anyway, now we go on to Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You can go to www.biblia.com if you don't have a Bible. And uh, you're welcome to use any Bible you wish, but you can go online and find that Bible too. So let's go ahead and read chapter 12 from, from the Holy Bible. Now concerning the spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when we were pagans, you were led astray to the mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the, of the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And the one who is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. And then to another faith by the same Spirit. So faith is even a gift. And to another gifts of healing by one Spirit and to another effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another distinguishing of the spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of the tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing it to each individually, just as he wills it. And the purpose of the gifts, unity and diversity. 12. We're now on 12.12. For even as the body is one, and yet has many members, for all the members of the body, though there are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. For the body is one member, but is not one member, but many. And if the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not part of the body, it is not for this reason that any are less part of the body. If the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he desired. If they were all one member, where they would be the, the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. Then the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, to the head or feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body who we deem less honorable on those who bestow more abundant honor and our less presentable members become much more presentable whereas our more presentable, presentable members have no need of it. But God has so composed the body, giving more, more abundant honor to that member which lacks, so that there be no division among the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. You know, that's pretty profound, so think about that one. Let's read it again, because this this has really sunk in very deep to me right now if one member suffer all the members suffer with it 
it's like if you get hurt slamming your hand, you're going to feel it all over. And it's the same thing with each person. If one person gets hurt, we all get hurt. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now, you are Christ's body and the individually members of it. And God has appointed the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, various kinds of tongues. All are not apostles, are they? All are not prophets, are they? All are not teachers, are they? All are not workers of miracles, are they? And now we're on 30. All do not have gifts of healings, do they? All do not speak with tongues, do they? And all do not interpret, do they? But earnestly desire the greater gifts, and I show you a still more excellent way. So that brings us to chapter 13, which is from next week. So let's go back and read the notes. So uh, on 12.1, in chapters 12 through 14, Paul deal with the subject of spiritual gifts against the background of divisions and moral laxity in a church that lacked no gift. Chapter 12 deals with the unity and diversity of the gifts, and then chapter 13 with the power of love, and chapter 14 with specific gifts of prophecy and tongues. I have to tell you, these three chapters are possibly my most favorite. But anyway, so we're on 12, 2 through 3. Paul infers that in their pagan days, they were led to worship idols by powers outside themselves, meaning they were under the influence of demons. A believer was led by the Spirit of God, would never curse Jesus, but rather acknowledge his supreme lordship. His complete deity is Yahweh. And then 12, 8 through 10. I'm reading the notes here. Is the wisdom, the word of wisdom, the communication of spiritual wisdom, the word of knowledge, for example, the communication of practical truth, faith, unusual reliance on God, gifts of healing, included restoration of life, prophecy, the ability to proclaim new, new revelation from God, distinguishing of the spirits to discern true prophecies from false, satanic ones, tongues and interpretation of tongues, ability to speak and interpret languages unknown to the speaker or to the interpreter. These gifts were necessary before the word of God was written. And then we're now uh, going through 12, 12 to 31. Here Paul describes the relationship of gifted believers to one another, using the analogy of the human body. The spirit is formed in a spiritual organic unity of many dissimilar members of the body of Christ. The constitutions both of human body and the body of Christ demand all members, even those who seemingly are unimportant, function in harmony. Finally, the need for mutual dependence, respect, and care for one another is emphasized. And then uh, 1213, as we all were baptized, the spirit joins all believers in the body of Christ. The, the tense of the verb indicates a past action, and it's something all believers, even carnal ones, have experienced. All are made to drink of one spirit is a reference to the spirits living and dwelling within us in the Holy Spirit. And let's go to 12. We take the, the cares of others in our, ourselves. We cast our own cares upon the Lord. The gifts were ranked in order of honor. The Corinthians... We're dislodging the more important gifts by promoting the spectacular gift of tongues. The answer expected to all of these questions were no. And uh, then at the end, the greater gifts, the more excellent way means an entire manner of life that always displays love rather than always seeking to display one's spiritual gifts. 
so that is the the end of that and you know it's really important and you know I have been you know I've uh I love God and I love church and I have been highly offended when people say that they have the gift of the Holy Spirit and they spit on people and say now you have it or they hit them with their jacket on the head or throw a shoe at them oh now you have the Holy Spirit I'm so deeply offended by it it's nothing but the truth back in wow this would be like 80, 1982 I had a uh in-depth uh I don't know what to call it, ego deflation at depth, and which simply followed quickly by a rapture with the Holy Spirit. And ever since then, I have known that the Holy Spirit is real, the Holy Trinity is real, and what the Bible says is true. And uh, God has helped me with many dreams that have taught me beyond my capacity, and I'm so grateful for it. And I really um, am just trying to do the best I can, as I'm sure all of us are trying to just make it through this world. You know, it's pretty harsh out here. Uh, it's many. There's many different ways to go wrong, and we all have our part to play, and not one of us is less important than the other one. That means the preacher is the head of the church, but the one uh, taking the donation, the one greeter at the door, the guy that mops the floor in the back, or the lady that does the vacuuming, they're just important because without one, you wouldn't have the other. So the people that maintain it, the people that paint it, the people that talk in it, the people that go, the little baby that gets baptized there, all of it is part of the body of Christ. And God made it that way. That's why when the rapture comes, we're all going to be together and we're of one body and all this stuff will be over. And it's, uh, you know, it's, I can hardly wait. We're up to Corinthians already. We made it through the whole of the New Testament, and we still have a little ways to go, and we're going to hit Revelations, and that's going to be quite a trip. But anyway, I just want to let you know, uh, you're in my thoughts and prayers every day, listeners, um, and thank you for your input and your prayers, and keep praying for me to keep going. Sometimes I struggle. Sometimes I get tired. I have an um, illness that I, is, I think can be resolved pretty soon, uh, and uh it's it's you know we just got to hang in there so we have to keep each other in our prayers and you know keep the keep the goodwill going so i'm going to read uh my best friend of we've been friends for 40 years can we that since we're teenagers anyway uh spend a whole lifetime together and uh i'm going to find some she this little prayer book and i'm going to read some some little prayers out of this for you and uh, one of the prayers says, when you need divine help, God is our refuge and our strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. That's Psalm 46.1. And then uh, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up and the flames will not consume you. For I am Lord, your God the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. That's so beautiful. That's Isaiah 43, 2-3. And that when it feels like you're on a slippery slope, give your burdens to the Lord, and he will take care of you, and he will not permit the godly to slip and fall. That's wonderful to hear, because we just need help. You know, there's just uh, a lot of stress in the world, and we just need help, and we got to keep praying, and we got to keep helping each other. 
of Psalm 55:22. And now for uh, let's see, assurance. Let's, let's read a little assurance. Okay, so when you find yourself in the great areas of life, the instructions of the Lord are perfect, serving in reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making the wise simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for a living. That's Psalms 19:7-8. And then all goes does is just. All God does is just and good, and all His commandments are trustworthy. We are forever true to be obeyed faithfully and with integrity. When you doubt whether God has really really saved you, Jesus says. I tell you the truth, those who listen to my message and believe in God, who sent me to the eternal life, they will never be condemned for their sins, but they will have passed from death into life. That's from John 5:24. And then once you need to know your faithfulness will be rewarded, he says here, if you are, we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. That's Hebrews 3 through 14. And let's do a little attitude adjustment before we close for the morning. Uh, when circumstances have worn you down and you need an attitude adjustment, be strong and courageous and do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord God is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. He, he will see to it that all work of the Lord is finished correctly. That's First Chronicles 28.20. And this is, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. That's First Corinthians 15.58. That's what we're going to be coming to. Okay, so let's see. I want this thing. Okay. Well, this is a strange title, but I'll read it. It says, when you fear that more heartbreak is waiting, the high and lofty one who lives in eternity, the holy one, says this, I live in a high holy place with those whose spirits are contrite and humble. I restore the crushed spirit of the humble and revive the courage of those with repentant heart. That's from Isaiah 57, 15. And then Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. John 14, 1. And then when you don't have words to comfort a grieving friend, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released and the blind will see and that the oppressed will be set free. And that was Luke 4, 18. And all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our troubles, so that we may come forever. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Because remember, that's how it works. Pass it on. When you're giving comfort, pass the comfort to others. That'll be in Second Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. And I want to thank you very, very much for listening in this morning. And I ask you to please leave, keep our family in your prayers. Um, people have many different feelings and people just finding out some of the other relatives are just finding out possibly today that my dearest uncle Lewis passed. He lived up in Vallejo, California and he worked for the Navy. He was an awesome inventor, 
smart man, brilliant, and uh, he was my hero. I loved him very much, and I miss you, Uncle Louie. I know you're happy with your Heavenly Father, and we're, we'll, someday we'll all be together again, and I'll see you on the other side. So why don't we close now with uh, our closing prayer. And as we all have a moment of silence and deep breath, and just think about those we may help, those we can we will say together, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. So I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Love you very much. Remember, you can always contact me on Facebook, Charlene Simpson McCain, and you can ask me questions, and you can actually, we can start pray, and I'll mention your family on the show, whatever your needs are. You can also write me, Sean McCain, P.O. Box 980, Hermosa Beach, California, 90254. And remember, God is good. God is everything. In Jesus' name, amen.